1: Welcome into the PHNX D podcast. As always, my name is Jesse Friedman. Today, joined by the one, the only Sean DePaz. He's back, everyone. The reigning uh, defending MVP of PHNX. There you go. There the you manner, go, at least. Uh, you heard it from the man himself. Uh, Derek is not with us today. Unfortunately, Uh, he is um, actually at the celebration of life uh, for his father who passed away a few weeks ago. So uh, our thoughts are with Derek and his family today as he goes through all of that. Uh, We have uh, more to talk about today, Sean, than frankly, I expected to. Uh, There was a lot of A lot of noise around not only uh, the hot stove in general and baseball today, but um, with regard to the Diamondbacks uh, in particular as well. So let's go ahead and uh, jump right in. But before I do that, I do need to tell you all uh, that this is, uh, of course, brought to you uh, by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one rated sportsbook app. And with that said, now we can jump in. Xander Bogarts, uh, apparently uh, the Diamondbacks have shown interest in the free agent shortstop, according to Jeff Passan, uh, who included that as a very small nugget in an article he released over at ESPN Today. Of course, it blew up all over Diamondbacks Twitter. uh, With everyone trying to figure out, Sean, why on earth are the Arizona Diamondbacks, a team not expected to expand their payroll necessarily by a whole lot next year? Why are they possibly interested in a guy who's probably going to command you know, upwards of six years, hundred and sixty hundred and seventy hundred and eighty million, uh, depending on on who you talk to. So uh, not a rumor that that I frankly was was expecting at all. <laughs> uh, but Sean, I know you uh, you grew up as a Red Sox fan, and uh, you've uh you know a thing or two about Xander Bogarts,
0: yeah. I mean, I think naturally, like he's one of the best second basemen in baseball. I think generally speaking, just about any team would want a Xander Bogarts on the roster. But I do agree. I don't. Th- does not make a whole lot of sense to me. Um Why this team? I do think that if you could get a guy like Xander without like affecting the the rest of your goals, right? Like I, I obviously I think the bullpen has got to be their biggest their biggest point of concern, the one thing that they want to address. If you feel like you could still address that while also getting Xander Bogarts on like a, a relatively reasonable contract, then sure. Um, But otherwise, I don't really understand. It it just seems a little unnecessary right now, especially considering the prospects that you have coming up.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. And I think that's immediately what came to mind for a lot of people when they saw this is don't the Diamondbacks have like the best shortstop prospect (laughs) in baseball and he's like potentially going to make his major league debut at the end of 2023. Doesn't necessarily feel like a great time to sign a shortstop, you know, on a six or seven year contract. Um, so yeah, I think that was, uh, kind of the initial thought that a lot of people had, which is totally fair. I do think there are probably ways around that if the Diamondbacks wanted to. Uh, Scott Boris has come out and said that Xander Bogarts is a shortstop. Yeah. Um, it seems like that's the position that he prefers. I know you have some experience watching Xander Bogarts at third base yeah. in the past. Uh, yeah. I think he got some opportunity there uh, yeah. back in 2014. It didn't didn't go so well, Sean.
0: No, it was not great. Um, other than the fact that he was somewhat publicly unhappy with playing third base, like you could see it in his stats. Uh, I mean, obviously his defensive stats weren't that great, but his bat struggled immensely like it, it is is obviously only his what second year in the in the bigs but it was his it's yeah by far his worst batting uh performance uh, of any year he batted 240 that year and it, people around the Red Sox I think partially attributed to the fact that he was playing on a position he was just generally was not in a good spot that year um so yeah I don't think especially at this point in his career I I don't think he's playing there would be any shot of him playing third base I think um more likely would be Lawler playing third. Um, But uh, again, it just seems wildly unnecessary. I would like it selfishly. It would be a lot of fun. And I do think (laughs) he's a good second baseman, but it just doesn't seem like it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense right now. Yeah. The timing
1: here, like we said with, with Jordan Lawler coming up is a little bit strange. Uh, Yeah. 2014 was kind of before Xander Bogarts had really had a great year in the big league. So uh, maybe that played into it, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like you said, it sounds like he wasn't necessarily very happy uh, playing there. Anyway, uh, the other fact that I think is important to bring up is that Bogart's actually graded out quite well uh, defensively at shortstop this past season, which is not the norm for him, um, at least with defensive runs saving and outs above average. If you uh, go through some of the numbers in his career, it's really not pretty. I'm kind of surprised that he's managed to stay at shortstop for as long as he has with those numbers. Um, But in 2022, sounds like it was a point of emphasis for me at four defensive runs saved plus five outs above average. Both of those are good numbers. Um, Maybe there's a way, Sean, where I mean, I'm not surprised at all that Scott Boris came out and said that Xander Bogarts is a shortstop uh, because, frankly, shortstops make the most money uh, in the open market. And so it wouldn't be advantageous for him regardless of what Bogarts thinks right now to come out and say like, oh yeah, he'll he'll play third base because uh, he doesn't have as much value there. I mean, Xander Bogarts um, hit the offense is still for real. If you look at his numbers from this past season, uh, you know he hit 307 with a 456 slugging percentage. His on base percentage was 377, uh, pretty good across the board. But he also only hit 15 home runs. Yeah, and it's one thing to have a shortstop who hits 15 home runs. It's another <laughs> thing to have a third baseman yeah. who hits 15 home runs.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 like I said, I don't think there's any situation in which he really plays third. I mean, you look at kind of the makeup of the Red Sox last year. Like, there was never really an opportunity for him to not play in the field. Like, he just kind of had to. They, they don't really have another option at shortstop. And I, the the list of people who would be a DH above him, like a, a Rafael Devers, who was. Some pretty much terrible at third base defensively. And then obviously a guy like JD Martinez, who is almost exclusively a DH, like there, he essentially has to play the field. So, I mean, it was good to see that he improved. But yeah, I would just at this point in his career, like he's an older guy now. How he's 30 now. So, like, I don't think he's really at a point in his career where he's going to want to make a position switch like that, especially for a team that is not immediately going to be a contender I do think that an addition of Xander Bogarts generally speaking could push this team towards being a playoff team but not a playoff team that has a a, a real threat of of winning a World Series obviously so I I just don't even if he was did have a slightly open mind to it and would consider playing third I think it would have to be a pretty ideal situation where he thinks he's going to have an opportunity to win a ring right away um, which again is obviously not the situation the D-backs are in right now
1: <laughs> yeah I mean any and the other thing you could bring into this is that Jordan Lawler also is not necessarily locked into playing shortstop yeah. long term Um, watching him play shortstop in the Arizona Fall League this past year or this past uh, Arizona Fall League season he did struggle at times um, which is not necessarily all that surprising I mean this is So it was really his first year as a professional. Uh, So he's basically one full season removed from from high school at this point. So I don't think I was necessarily expecting him to to be mistake-free at shortstop. Uh, But there are some scouts and uh, some evaluators who think that Jordan Lawler will be best served um, at third base in the long term. So all that to say, I think that positionally, there is a way for this to make sense. Um, However, I do have to bring up that uh, John Gambadoro, uh, at Gambo987 on Twitter, did sort of crush the dream just a little bit. Uh, about an hour or two before our show started, he tweeted out uh, It is highly unlikely that the D backs will make a play on Bogarts. The cost will be too high. Arizona is increasing payroll for the season, but too many needs to spend that money on one guy. You could take him off your list. Uh, I don't know if you've been following uh, Gambo on Twitter for a while. Uh, Sean but this is sort of like uh, this is very in line with the Gambo brand right <laughs> yeah. um, and I I, I love Gambo I've gotten to know him personally a little bit um but this is the these are the types of tweets he tends to put out there right not just for the Diamondbacks but for the Suns oh, yeah. uh pretty much any big name that is rumored to possibly be coming to an Arizona sports team Gambo's the guy who goes out there and says no there's no way this yeah, is happening no um Which, yeah, which makes a lot of people angry. But frankly, he does tend to be right most of the time, as far as I can tell. Um, And even when I first saw this rumor, I was I was far. I don't know about you, Sean, but I was far from a place of expecting that Xander Bogarts was going to become an Arizona Diamondback. It kind of always felt like a bit of a long shot.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, when I when I woke up to that news this morning, I was just like, really? I mean, like, (laughs) yeah, I. I don't think that's going to happen. I I, I mean, that to the credit of a lot of D-backs fans, I think a lot of them also understand that like Xander Bogaerts is a very good second baseman and sure, it would be nice to have a second baseman like that, but not necessarily um, for what he's going to cost and not on this timeline. Like I, I, he just doesn't fit what the D-backs are trying to accomplish right now. Um, and I think most people understand that. So I don't, I, I, I'm not sitting here holding my breath. If it happens, It'll be cool, I guess. I don't know how excited I'll be because, again, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. But we'll see, I guess. I, I, if he if he comes to D back, I'm buying a Sandra Bogarts D back jersey. I can probably see that. <laughs> um, but I don't I don't see it happening. Yeah. So so maybe tap the brakes here a
1: little yeah. bit on on the excitement of this actually happening. But I do think there's still something to be said for the for the fact that the Diamondbacks. Uh, checked in, as far as we know, uh, it was reported by Jeff Passan, who is about as reputable of a baseball writer as you'll find. So I still think it's it's a credible report that the Diamondbacks checked in on him. Um, but as Gambo said, you know maybe this is something that 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 the Diamondbacks are ultimately priced out of when all is said and done. Uh, the other teams that were interested that Jeff Passan also mentioned are the Phillies, the Cubs, and the Dodgers, uh, all of whom have significant money to spend. Uh, this offseason, and all of whom have a probably a pretty decent chance
0: to land one of those big name shortstops at some point. Yeah, yeah, um, and a team, yeah, that teams that are are could be a player like Xander Bogarts away from from winning a World Series too. Um, yeah. So it, again, a, 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 a Cubs excluded to a certain extent, I guess, but like yeah, Dodgers, I, I was gonna Philly, say, yeah, <laughs> Dodgers, Phillies are two teams where it kind of makes sense for everybody. They Obviously, have the money for it. They they have the, the the space for it. Like he obviously would be an improvement at that position for those teams, and for Xander, like if you're leaving a team like the Boston Red Sox, you're probably doing it for a team that's better than the Boston Red Sox because you're going to get your money. Um, you're probably going to want to go somewhere that gives you a pretty good chance at winning a ring. Um, Arizona's not that again. Um, so yeah, it, it, it it's going to be very interesting to see where he is. Again, this is a player that I have a soft spot for. That I, I is probably my favorite Boston Red Sox. Um, or former Boston Red Sox now, it seems. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, it was interesting to me that when Trevor Story
1: came to the Boston Red Sox that they stuck with Bogarts at shortstop. And Trevor Story yeah. wound up playing exclusively second base this last year. Bogarts wound up playing exclusively shortstop. Um, I might have, like you maybe alluded to earlier, I might have had those guys switched around. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the point is that Bogarts' market is very, very strong. Yeah. Uh, I saw some other... Uh, tweets out there today. I think it was maybe Buster only who said that um, Xander Bogart's market is going to be strong because a, a lot of teams are in on him. Uh, the fact that you know 30 years old is is not as young as as some of the other shortstops that are out there in the market. Um, but it's still not it's still not that old and the fact that Bogarts is about as steady of a player as you'll find in baseball. I mean if you look at his numbers like year after year after year after year, it's like Bogarts has almost never had a down season um since since uh, you know, the initial hiccups coming into the league. Uh, and he's also been a very durable player. If you mm-hmm. go through, um, The number of games that he's played every year, it's pretty much always in the 150s. Uh, he hasn't really had any major injuries to this point in his career. So uh, there's certainly a, a lot to like there. Uh, it seems like the Diamondbacks are probably not the team for him when all is said and done. Um, but it's a situation that we'll certainly continue to monitor. Uh, something else that stuck out to me, Sean, in this article from Jeff Passan, which a lot of people, I haven't really seen anyone anyone bring this up yet, Um, and maybe I'm reading too much into the wording here. I'm curious what you think. Uh, Jeff Passan wrote this. He's talking about how things are going to pick up at the winter meetings and how this year's winter meetings could be potentially uh, just sort of like a frenzy of moves, how there could be a lot of things happening. Um, And so he wrote this about uh, the outfield market in particular. He said the outfield shuffle could accelerate when when, when Arizona moves – one of its young left-handed hitters, not Corbin Carroll, though. And then he talks about the St. Louis Cardinals possibly offloading some as well. So he specifies that Corbin Carroll is not on the table, uh, which we've known for for a while now. No surprises there. But I don't know, Sean. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I just couldn't get it out of my head that he said the outfield shuffle could accelerate when Arizona moves one of its young left-handed hitters, not if. What do, yeah.
0: you, what do we think here? I mean... I don't know. It could most certainly be like a, a a win because he knows or just a win based on the, kind of the assumption that I think a lot of D-backs fans are making. Just there is a surplus there, and teams are going to come calling. And I, there's probably talking amongst other GMs that, like, you know, if there's a team you're going to go and try and get a, a young outfielder from, it's probably going to be a team like the D-backs who have that surplus. So I don't know. It, it is definitely... It, Hassan doesn't strike me as the kind of person who chooses words willy nilly. Like I think he probably, yeah. he, he chooses his words on purpose. Um, but I, again, I think this is kind of the assumption that I, at least I have been operating under is that they are going to trade one of these guys and it's not going to be Corbin Carroll. Um, so it does just kind of see, I, I, I already thought it was a matter of time. Um, but yeah, this definitely makes me feel a little more sure. I'm a little more sure that, that one of these guys is not going to be on this roster. Um, um, the start of the season so we'll see who it is but I, I, again it's nice to see that it's, that it's been pretty clear that it is not going to be Corbin Carroll which I think we all could have assumed
1: yeah yeah that's been reported uh by a few different people yeah. at this point point. and frankly I think Diamondbacks fans would riot um I don't really even care what the return is for Corbin Carroll I think a lot of people would be grumpy uh if the Diamondbacks decided to move on from a guy who was as good as he was toward the yeah. end of the year and will probably go into next year as the favorite for the rookie of the year, possibly. I mean, he is. He gave no doubt uh, in the in the month plus that we saw of him. He gave no doubt that he could be uh, every bit as good as as we thought that he might be. Um, so that's certainly something to watch going into next season. But uh, yeah, a lot of movement. Uh, the winter meetings is only uh, a few days away now. We are five days away from the start of the winter meetings. Uh, yours truly will be out there in San Diego, bringing you the scoops. On the daily. Uh, so be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at Jesse N. Friedman. Uh, follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore D backs as well. We'll be posting a lot of content there uh, while I'm at the winter meetings. We'll try to get all of the scoops to you as soon as we possibly can get them. Uh, also, on the front of the Diamondbacks trading and outfielder, uh, I actually wrote an article yesterday uh, about uh, the possibilities of which outfielder the diamondbacks might be looking to trade um that's a question that we've gotten so many times on mailbag monday the last uh, few weeks uh even longer than that really at this point point. and so i just figured i would write everything out my full uh, thoughts on on everything relating to which outfielder the diamondbacks might be looking to deal uh, so be sure to check that out over on our website at gophnext.com if you haven't become a diehard yet uh, Sean, I don't know what people are waiting for um, if they haven't. Uh, but you probably uh, should get after that if you have not already. Um, that article that I wrote yesterday is free, uh, as the majority of our articles on our website are. Uh, but we save the best ones uh, for the diehards, yeah. and I'll have my uh, I'll have my weekly uh, full count newsletter, which is exclusively for diehards, coming out tomorrow. Uh, so if you want access to that um, and newsletters from Craig Morgan, Gerald Bourget. Um, And Howard Balzer as well, who covers the Cardinals uh, for us, does a great job over at gophnx.com. Be sure to become a diehard. Uh, Also, it's unfortunate if you missed out on our cyber uh, weekend sales at the PHNX locker because they were extraordinary. Um, but uh even if you missed out, there are a few items that frankly weren't on sale to begin with because everybody wants them. Um, and uh I think they're probably gonna sell no matter what. So we just released uh, some new hoodies, uh, which Finally. you can find over at the PHNX locker. Um, so yeah, you're not missing anything out. You're not missing out on anything if you go buy a hoodie uh from the PH locker right now. Um, so be sure to do that if you have not already. I'm a huge hoodie guy, Jesse. I'm a huge hoodie guy. Hoodies it's hoodie season. It it's hoodie, hoodie season. It's hoodie season officially. Today was, perfect. Uh, Today was perfect
0: shorts with hoodie weather. Perfect shorts with hoodie weather.
1: There you go. There you go. Uh <laughs> be sure to check out phnxlocker.com if you have not already. Um, and you can find all of those great deals over there. Um, sticking with the hot stove here, Sean, uh, this is maybe not quite uh, to the level that the Xander Bogarts rumors <laughs> were. Uh, but we do have some, uh, some <laughs> things that have come out that are, tangentially related to the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm going to start with the news that former Diamondbacks legend Shelby Miller in the latest edition of the Shelby Miller saga. He is now a Los Angeles Dodger, Sean. How do we feel? I
0: mean, not good. (laughs) I just, you don't like seeing anybody go to the Dodgers, right? Because it's, if there's any team that's going to turn somebody into like a star out of nowhere, it's the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, Plus he just, I don't want to see I, I like I just want players to leave. I I hate the Dodgers. Even before I was a D-backs fan, I hate the Dodgers cuz they stole Mookie Betts from me. And by stole Mookie Betts from me, I mean the Red Sox willingly traded him to the uh, <laughs> Los Angeles Dodgers, but um yeah, I don't feel good about it. Like Hakeem uh said in the com- in the comments, watch, he's going to win the Cy Young. Um and that just would be so on brand for the Los Angeles Dodgers <laughs> and the Arizona Diamondbacks. So yes, not great about it. I'm not so sure about the Cy Young, given that I don't
1: think Shelby Miller will ever start a game for the Dodgers. He would really have to have a heck of a season as a reliever to be in the Cy Young conversation when all is said and done. Um, but I will say that I kind of love the move for them. Um, for them I yeah. think Shelby, Shelby Miller, he literally made four appearances this past season in the big leagues. He was good in AAA. Um, which he's done off and on over the past few years. So that wasn't necessarily a huge surprise. But when he got to the big leagues, he actually looked really good. Um, Mm -hmm. He looked really good against the Diamondbacks in particular. (laughs) Um, I think it was the game that we did... um, that we had like our little get together uh with our PH and XD backs crew. Some of you um in the audience today, I, I think were there and we watched this game and Shelby Miller was just lights out. Uh I think it was two and two thirds scoreless innings. I don't think he gave up a hit. Um he had was seven strikeouts, I wanna say. He struck out like almost yep. every batter he faced. Yep. Two um, and
0: two thirds, four hits, seven strikeouts. No okay. Word. So
1: it was, it was four hits. It was yeah. four hits. So the D backs knocked him around a little bit, but, um, but yeah, I mean, he, it, he only made four appearances this year, uh, with the San Francisco giants. Um, but all of them were pretty eye popping except for the last one. He kind of got shelled, yeah. um, in, in, uh, San Diego or against San Diego, I believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Shelby Miller is not the guy that that he once was, uh, his pitching arsenal in particular is very, very different. Uh, from what you probably remember uh, from his days as a Diamondback, uh, we have a little illustration here that shows that Shelby Miller is in fact not the same guy yeah. that he once was. Um, so this is a uh, basically looking at all of the different uh, pitches that Shelby Miller has thrown over the years and the percentage uh, that he has used each pitch. Uh, you can see, Sean, he has... Dramatically simplified things. He is now all the way far to the right here on the graph. You can see he is now just throwing a four-seam fastball and a slider. Um, and that slider is a new pitch for him within the last couple of years. He didn't even throw a slider back when he was uh with the diamondbacks. Uh, but if you remember his cutter, his sinker, his curveball, he uh fooled around with a changeup a little bit at times. All of those pitches have gone by the wayside and he's really simplified things down. And it seems to have been the right move for him.
0: Yeah, I mean that's I kind of go that way with relievers, anyways. Like I, I, I'm comfortable with them just having one or one or two pitches they can just dominate. The the variation in how he's used his fastball over the years is wild to me. Um, yeah, but yeah, it'll be a very interesting to see how he plays out. Someone in the comments did mention that Corbin Carroll does need somebody to hit the 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 division clinching home run <laughs> off of. So I guess I guess it makes sense that he goes to the Dodgers because it's just it's in the stars for Corbin. I there suppose. you go.
1: There you go. It is inevitable that Corbin <laughs> Carroll will hit a division-winning walk-off home run at some point in the 2023 season, <laughs> and who better to hit it off who of better? Uh, than Shelby Miller himself? Uh, but yeah, I I've kind of looked at Shelby Miller honestly coming into this um, this offseason as a good by low candidate for mm-hmm. any team, um, including possibly the Diamondbacks. Although I think that might have been a bit of an odd fit, just given how much things fell apart the last time he was here. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's not the same guy that he was, uh, before. And unfortunately, Sean, uh, for diamondbacks fans, if there's any team that can help him kind of put <laughs> things together and figure it all out, the Dodgers have a long track record of being able to do this.
0: Yeah. Uh, like I said, it would be a, a joked about the Cy Young thing, but like to turn like the jump from what he is now to being like a very legitimate serviceable reliever who gives the D backs trouble on, on a few occasions is, is I mean, it seems like a very realistic possibility considering the franchise he now plays for. So, um, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully it just is, doesn't make that big a difference. But I, um, would have felt comfortable with him going to just about any other team,
1: yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think that's kind of how you feel with most free agents is yeah, like fair as long enough. as you don't <laughs> yeah. go to the Dodgers, then maybe you're all right. Uh but yeah, the Dodgers have just been so incredibly good um at taking like no name relievers and turning them into, you know like Mm -hmm. the guy that every single team in the league would want for their closer, Um, but he's like pitching in the sixth inning or something for the Dodgers because they have that much depth. Uh, It's just kind of ridiculous what the Dodgers have managed to do with their bullpen. Uh, It's a $1.5 million deal, uh, so they didn't really have to put up much of an investment. I do think there are some incentives built into there as well, Uh, but it will be interesting to see uh, what Shelby Miller looks like coming back next year, uh, trying to put things all to, uh, back together really yeah. for the first time since leaving the D backs, uh, back in 2018. Uh, the other news that came out yesterday, Sean, is that Stone Garrett uh, has found a new home. No surprises here that it didn't take very long. I mean, when a guy comes up and you know hits 28 home runs in the minors and in 100 games and then comes up and has an 850 ish OPS like he did for the Diamondbacks in his first taste of the big leagues. You're gonna, you know, you're not gonna have that hard of a time finding a job when yeah. you hit the open market. Um, so Stone Garrett lands with the Washington Nationals. Um, Sean, how, what's your perspective on just Stone Garrett and the fact that the Diamondbacks let him go and allowed him to get to this point in the first place?
0: Yeah, I mean. I'm happy for Stone, first off, and I'm glad that it's it's on the other side of the country in the conference or in the league, still, I guess. But the other there side of go. the country, um, yeah. But I mean, it it's it's tough. I I think they were kind of playing with like found money in Stone, right? Like they never he didn't sign a guy like Stone with the expectation that he was necessarily going to be like a full time big leader. Um, so it is what it is. I I, I think there's. I I am sad, right? Like I, I was a fan of Stone, um, but it it's just like there's so much other things that I'm kind of concerned about with this team that losing Stone Garrett is kind of at the 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 bottom of my priority list, I guess. But it, it's still sad. Sure. I, I would have like he was a, a face that he was part of what made the D backs so fun last year, and to have a guy like that not here anymore is sad. But I guess you kind of kind of kind of have to get used to that because, like we talked about, you're probably going to use lose another one of these young outfielders, so. This is kind of the nature of a rebuilding team. You can't get too attached to anybody uh, too fast. Josh Hunt says, I am stone cold sad. Um,
1: <laughs> Brian Abdallah says, now Stone will get national attention. I Yeah, I guess that's a pun. But, um, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, Stone Garrett with the Washington Nationals and what he's able to do. Uh, the D-back, as we've talked about, we're concerned about um, how much he was striking out and, and how little he was walking. Um, his strikeout rate was basically the highest on the Diamondbacks of anyone who had a significant number of plate appearances last year. Um, and his walk rate was basically the lowest. Um, so you can understand why there would be some concerns there, despite, you know, the 850 OPS uh, and the fact that he really knocked the cover off the ball when he first got called up. Um, it is good to see for him, though, just that the Washington Nationals, frankly, have way more uh, just openness in their yeah. roster, um, they they really can give Stone Garrett the opportunity to be an everyday guy. And I think even for Dbacks fans, like like that's something that that people probably want to see, right? Even if yeah. it's not in Arizona, and and there's some sadness that comes along with that. If Stone Garrett, you know, is an everyday player for the Washington Nationals and is able to contribute in a meaningful way for them, that's probably a pretty great outcome for everyone involved.
0: Yeah, that's how I would say. Like, it's not like, and I mean, DBX fans still generally, like, obviously root for Paul Goldschmidt, but it's not like you're losing a, a, an MVP caliber candidate. So it's, I think, a little easier to swallow, like, him going to play somewhere else that, again, is not in the division and, and easy to root for his success. Plus, I, not, it's not like the Nationals, at least as far as I'm concerned, are like a, like an unlikable team. Like, I feel like they're a relatively likable
1: yeah,
0: more or less and like they have the best city connect jerseys in the league in my opinion. Sorry, <laughs> the Serpientes jerseys, but the 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 cherry blossom jerseys are so good. Um but yeah, I know I feel like you got to kind of be happy for him. You just got especially considering his story and everything, like you're just happy to see a guy yeah. like that continue his professional career at all, regardless. I mean, honestly, even if he was a Dodger, you would still I would still have a soft spot for him. Um so it's cool. I, I'm I'm rooting for him for sure up until the point where obviously the Nationals play the D-backs in the NLCS. Sure. And I and I gotta root for his failure, but up until that point, I'll root for him and I'll root for the Nationals. Well, I think Stone
1: Garrett would have had quite a monstrous season if the Washington Nationals wound <laughs> yeah. up in the NLCS. Right in the year. So, yeah. <laughs> uh That would that would really dig something with the roster that the Nationals have. Although the Nationals, <laughs> yeah. they're kind of an up and coming team. Uh, they've netted quite a few big name prospects over the last few years yeah. by trading away like every big name talent they've <laughs> had. Um, so, uh, so yeah, there's certainly uh, there's certainly some hope in in Washington D.C. Hopefully, Stone Garrett uh, can become a part of that at some point. Um, it's just good to see him, you know, in a place where he really has an opportunity. Even if yeah. the Diamondbacks had kept him here, it just, it would have been really hard for him to find consistent playing time. I think in Arizona, so. I do really view this as being a win all the way around. Sean, I, I can't be at the office today, unfortunately. I'm still getting over my sickness. But is, is it safe to say people are watching this uh this World Cup game over there? Mexico, mm-hmm. I believe it's currently happening. Yes. Yeah, I was
0: I was out there watching it before I came in here. Um, yeah, Argentina and the in Saudi Arabia and Mexico and no, Mexico and Saudi Arabia and Argentina and Poland are right now. So two big games. But yeah, Mexico game is huge. Doing a watch party as we speak right now at four peaks. It is a it's a good time to be a sports fan. I love the World Cup. Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. As I talked about yesterday,
1: it has sort of grown on me just a yeah. little bit, um, despite my my initial hatred and the fact that I've never been particularly entertained by soccer. Maybe some of you can relate. Um, yeah, I, I think there is some truth to the fact that uh, there's a reason that, you know, everyone in the world is watching these games <laughs> right now um, and everyone in the world should be. At uh, four peaks because they have done an absolutely outstanding job uh, hosting all of these watch parties for all of the US and Mexico games. Uh, This is another big one happening. Right now, as you mentioned, Mexico and Saudi Arabia. Um, another match day watch along with our friends over at Four Peaks. Um, they have a 22 foot screen that we like to take advantage of uh, with a number of different watch parties. So, um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's a good time uh, over at Four Peaks. There's really no better place to take in a local sporting event. Um, so be sure to check one of those out. If you have not already, uh, of course it was a big game yesterday as well, uh, with the USA beating Iran, Ooh. uh, Sean was, uh, I assume that that was also a big event around the office. Everyone's everyone's talking about the world cup game.
0: Oh yeah. We were all hanging around. It was a, it was a big win. Um, I was got a little nervous there at the end. It was, it was a little too close for comfort, but, it, uh, USA got their, their win and now they get to play Netherlands. Um, which if you don't know is one of the best teams in the country or in the world. Um, So that's going to be interesting, but Hey, they got out of the group stages. That's all I was really hoping for. So that means we have more, uh, that means we have more watch parties at four peaks. Then we have at least Uh, one, um, at least one with this one and potentially more depending on how this Mexico game goes. So, yeah. So be sure to get out there
1: and check that out. Um, If you haven't been to one of those already, like I said, there is really no way, uh, no better way to watch one of these games than over with our friends at 4 Peaks. Um they have uh beer specials, giveaways, all of the all of the incredible things that you could possibly want. Um and we'll continue to be monitoring that Mexico game because that has a lot of significance in its oh, yeah. own right as well. Uh someone asked in the comments if we already talked about Xander. Uh we did. Uh that was like the first part of the show. Maybe we'll revisit a little bit of that toward the end of the show. Obviously, that's the biggest topic um of of the day, but uh, but before we uh, get to that potentially one more time, I do want to talk about the fact that we are about to have the first ever MLB draft lottery. Uh, there has literally never been an MLB draft lottery because mm-hmm. Major League Baseball has not had uh, a lottery. Generally, they just use uh, basically the reverse standings in order to determine the order of the first year player draft every year. Uh that has changed now with the new CBA. We now have a lottery system where the three worst teams in baseball all have an equal shot at getting the number 1 overall pick. This of course in a way to try to bring a little bit of um try to prevent tanking frankly, yeah. try to keep those bottom uh teams from just trying to lose all other games to get that number 1 overall pick. Uh Obviously, this is something that's been used in other sports, Sean. Not necessarily a huge surprise to see uh, baseball moving in this direction.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I go back and forth on it a, a little bit because for the most part, obviously, baseball is not a sport where there's like a, a consensus number one. Or not necessarily not a consensus, but like a like just because you draft first overall doesn't mean you're going to be a, a, a great player necessarily that you're going to make the bigs. Um, Which is not necessarily like you look at a sport like hockey. I think obviously that's the case sometimes, but sometimes you also get like generational talents who are pretty obviously going to be um, contributors in the in the at a high level. Um, So I go back and forth. I do think with baseball, like. Owners have the ability to influence, I think, the team more than just about any sport. Like, they can just kind of decide not to spend the money on a team and not really put them. So I like it for that respect. Like, I think it might discourage teams a little bit from tanking, obviously. Like, that's the yeah. goal. Um, but I just, I don't necessarily, I don't think, like, just because, I, again, obviously depends on the year. But just because you get the first or second or third pick, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that, like, one of those is better than the other. I, like you, you, it's it's not a sure thing, um, so I, I kind of go back. I don't know how much of an effect it's going to have, but I guess generally speaking, I lean in favor of draft lotteries. I think it ultimately does more good than it does bad, but I don't know how much of an impact it really has either way. So yeah. I'm kind of indifferent towards it. Yeah, I, I feel pretty much
1: the same way. Um, you know, it it's something that you can do to try to prevent tanking. Whether it really impacts how teams are are performing at the end of the day. It's it's a little bit hard to say. Um, this does have some ramifications for the Diamondbacks in that they have a shot at the number one overall pick, technically. Um, we have a graphic that just kind of shows all of the different odds for all of the teams. And if this is on your phone, I'm sorry, because these numbers <laughs> are probably way too small for you to possibly see. Um, but the Arizona Diamondbacks have a 1.4% chance of landing the number one overall pick in the draft. They also have a shot, slightly higher shot at getting picks two through six. Um, If you add all those numbers uh, together, I would come up with 12.5%. That's their chance of landing one of the top six picks um, in the draft, which is, I mean, 12% is something that at least could feasibly happen. Uh, The most likely outcome is for them to land at number 11. There's a 54 0.9% a 0.9% chance of that. There's also a 29% chance of them slipping to number 12. Um, so yeah, it's interesting how this, uh, how this system works. D backs have a chance of getting picks one through six. Um, somehow, for some reason, it is not possible for them to get picks seven through 10. Um, so it's sort of like if they don't get picks one through six, they're probably going to land at number 11 or possibly fall to number 12.
0: Yeah. Yeah, i first off i feel like producer leo must be having war flashbacks to the, the NHL draft lottery um but yeah i it, it i don't fully understand the kind of setup here like you said but not there's no possibility for them to get seven through ten which is a little interesting to me but i i think it's i think that part is cool about draft lotteries is having these teams who are not necessarily bad or not not they're not bad but they're not like you know, a a, a bottom three team in the league, they have an opportunity to get the first overall pick. And I think that can accelerate uh, like a middling team. Not necessarily. I wouldn't call the D-backs middling. Obviously there's been progression, but a a team that's that finished in the middle of the pack to kind of just accelerate their, their rebuild a little bit. Um, So that's cool. Obviously selfishly, like as a D-backs fan and as a, as a, reformed Red Sox fan, like both of those teams have an opportunity at the first overall pick. And like yeah. your team, you go into a draft, you had no expectation of the first overall pick. And then all of a sudden you get it like, Oh, okay. like that, That's a lot of fun. Um, so it's cool for that reason. Obviously if I'm the worst team in baseball and I'm a, I'm a fan of the worst team in baseball and we get gypped out of the first overall pick, I would, I would not be happy about that. So obviously yeah. no, one, no one's going to be pleased, which I think is, is ultimately that the, the biggest negative to a draft lottery is that someone is ultimately going to get like from a fan perspective someone's getting screwed over because the fans weren't sitting here trying to tank and now they had to sit through their team being the worst just for them to get the third overall pick so that kind of sucks <laughs> yeah Leah <laughs> furiously nodding her head behind the mac as coyotes Ky- fans can relate to this um so I go back and forth but hey if the D-backs get the first overall draft pick I'm not gonna I will be the biggest proponent of of the draft lottery you will find on this planet <laughs> Yeah, well, I was thinking about,
1: like, well, so obviously, the Diamondbacks were um close to the first overall pick a year ago, yeah. right? They wound up with the number two overall pick. And that was only because Josh Van Meter uh, hit a walk off home run on the last day of the 2021 <laughs> season. And, and ultimately, that was the difference between getting the number two pick and the number one pick. But it got me thinking of, like, how would this have changed things for the D-backs if A year ago, this system had been in place and rather than the D-backs being locked in at number two, maybe it was, you know, maybe it was them and a couple other teams who had equal odds at the first overall pick and equal odds at the third overall pick, right? There's also a chance that it could move you down instead of of moving you up in that situation. So um, I don't know, Sean, it was kind of an interesting thought experiment of what it would have been like for the D-backs. I don't know if they get Drew Jones at number three. Uh, if they yeah. had wound up at number three, uh, obviously it wouldn't have really made much of a difference for them at number one. It sounds like they would have taken drew Jones anyway, uh, but sort of an interesting thing to think about.
0: Yeah. And again, to bring up the coyotes, um, they they were in that exact situation. Second worst team in hockey ended up with third overall draft pick. And it, I guess ultimately worked out. I, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to get into the depth. The, the. They probably
1: would have picked the same guy Yeah, exactly. They picked at three, so it worked out. Okay. But this coming upcoming NHL draft is like one of the best ever, so they have yeah. to land in the top three. And if they don't, it'll be very,
0: very Yeah, exciting. and I mean, honestly, with the Coyotes last year, you can argue that if they had gotten the first pick, it might have been worse for them because they might have felt the pressure to draft Shane Wright, who ended up falling I the fourth. I don't think they would have. Yeah, I mean I think they would have ended up drafting Logan Cooley regardless. But but still, like you it, it, it takes that decision away from you but, a little bit I but guess.
1: Jesse, the Coyotes have never moved up a spot in a draft lottery ever. The <laughs> NHL has been doing the draft lottery since like
0: 2005. <laughs> hey, but if there's They've a year They've
1: never moved up. They've either stayed or fallen.
0: If there's a year, Uncle Gary, Gary Batman is going to call in the fix. Um so yeah, and that, that's also another thing. Uh, b- conspiracy like sports fans are, I think, kind of naturally conspiracy theorists to a certain extent. Oh, yeah. And oh, now yeah. with the draft, you have you're going to open up a new Pandora's box of oh, yeah. of oh this envelope was cold, was frozen, or Rangers like the yeah. A few years ago.
1: And then also the Edmonton Oilers <laughs> won it like three years in a row. Sorry, yeah. We're going to get over the Buffalo the, the draft lottery is um really brings up
0: a lot. Yeah. For me. So I mean, that is a really interesting dynamic to this. I think is that you fans are naturally going to start questioning the legitimacy uh, of the MLB uh, of MLB when things don't go their way. And in a weird way, right? Like if, if, if all of a sudden, you know, the, 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 a big market team is, is, is near as like the third worst team. And they all of a sudden end up with the first overall draft pick over a team, like the diamondbacks or, or a team, like the Rays or like a small market team, quote unquote, small market team, like, People are going to start naturally asking questions. So the MLB yeah. has kind of opened themselves up to that. Um, but again, I, I, understandably so. like There's obviously an understandable reason for why they would do it. So it's, just, it's going to be interesting to see how it affects Major League Baseball in the coming years. If I'm not mistaken, the Suns don't have
1: a great track record with the draft lottery either. I know they got Aiton. That was yeah. the one year where they did get the number one overall pick. But I want to say there were a few years in the past where... Like mathematically, they had a better chance to be higher than they that wound up. Right.
0: Yeah, it sounds right. But and again, the Suns are an interesting example too because you they you, they drafted DeAndre Ayton, and now you have people questioning whether or not they made that right choice. And if you lose the lottery, like the Coyotes, for example, obviously there's still room for that because of Shane Wright falling blah blah. But like, like, yeah. you get that pressure taking off of you, and from a GM's perspective, you kind of there is, there's no room for fans later on to be like, why would you draft this guy? They, they, their hand was kind of forced because they were pushed down to the third pick. So um, it it is, it's very interesting. I think it changes a lot for, for the league and for GMs and just kind of how fans view them and just they, the way they, they, they kind of all interact. I think it's going to be a very interesting, or at least potentially for a very interesting dynamic, it could ultimately just end up being chalk and just everyone getting the pick they deserve. And then, It's boring, but yeah, um, we'll see. I guess. I feel like if uh,
1: if the Diamondbacks like land the number one overall pick or something, it's probably going to make. I don't know. Maybe that changes the course of like draft lotteries in Arizona. You know, with the Suns and the Coyotes not getting great results, maybe that
0: can bust the curse. Uh, I will, I will, I will take it. Or if they can steal the Coyotes' bad luck, and then the Coyotes can just like the D backs want to get screwed over in this draft. It's not like they had, not like they were our first overall pick team, anyway. So I'll take it. Before we go, uh, I feel the need to
1: mention that Zach Gallen has put yeah, out okay. a very mysterious tweet that some of you have have uh, <laughs> talked about in the chat. It's just the four little eye emojis, um, and I don't have any firm information on what this is about. Uh, people are wondering if potentially he's going to play in the World Baseball Classic. Um, which as of now, he has not been named part of that team. Um, Other people are wondering if he's signing an extension with the Diamondbacks. uh, But this is all pure speculation at this point. So uh, be sure to come back and join us tomorrow. Uh, We'll be live at 1 p.m. once again, and hopefully we have a little bit more clarity on the Zach Gallen situation that we can shed at that point. Um, If you joined us during the midway part of this show um, and you're wondering where all the Xander Bogarts chatter was, Um, we talked about him for probably the first 15 or 20 minutes of this episode. So be sure to go back and check that out. Um, we can just kind of close with some final thoughts on that, I guess, Sean, um, again, with something we don't really expect to come to fruition and not something I really expected to come to fruition when I first saw the rumor either. I just think it's interesting that the Diamondbacks did check in at, at the very least. That's, that's not necessarily saying a lot, um, but the other teams that were mentioned along with them. Uh, are teams that are seem to be you know seem to be likely to spend a lot of money uh, this off season. So just the fact that the Diamondbacks were kind of willing to venture in there and um, you know maybe just see what some of the numbers look like. At the end of the day, I think Xander Bogarts is probably going to be uh, just a little bit a little bit too expensive yeah. for the Diamondbacks when it all is said and done.
0: Yeah. Um, again, like I said, it is one of those things that would be really cool. It would be fun. I don't think anyone's going to complain about having a player of that caliber on the roster people might be complaining about how much money they had to spend to get them there. And at what point in their rebuild they had, to, they spent that kind of money. Um, so it, again, it would be fun. I would buy the Jersey, but it, it is doesn't, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense for this team. So I, I wouldn't be holding my breath if I was a D-backs fan. Yeah.
1: And I, and when all is said and done, the D-backs don't necessarily have the best of track records uh, yeah. with some of the, some of the longer, more expensive contracts. Uh, I don't know if this team is really at the stage yet, where I I think they should be, you know, kind of pushing all the chips in and making that move. Um, Bogarts is a compelling player. I I think he's a, you know, he's a pretty big get for, for whoever winds up with him. But uh, there is a lot of risk in, you know, going out and getting a 30-year-old. Uh, some of his power numbers this last year dipped a little bit. I think there are maybe some reasons to be somewhat concerned moving forward that um, at some point, maybe he's just Maybe he kind of has to play third base, but his bat doesn't really play there anymore uh, come a few years. So uh, if the Diamondbacks don't wind up with Xander Bogart, suffice it to say, it might not be the worst thing in the world uh, when all is said and done. Uh, but that is all that we have for you here today. Uh, thank you once again, Sean, for hopping on with us. Anytime. Uh you, you continue. You continue to impress, uh, and uh, the people seem to like you around here. So we'll 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 keep inviting you on every every now and then. Um, sure. You can find uh, you can find Sean Depaz on Twitter at Sean underscore Depaz. You can find me at Jesse and Friedman. Uh, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter um, for our show account at Phnx underscore Dbacks. But of course, all roads lead to at Phnx underscore Sports on Twitter. Um, And that's also on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, If you haven't already, be sure to uh, drop a like here on this video on YouTube. If you're joining us live, we always really appreciate that. It boosts the YouTube algorithm and just shows our video to more people. So we always appreciate that. Um, And be sure to subscribe uh, on YouTube as well as uh, on your favorite podcast app. Maybe even leave us a five-star review um, if you think that Sean is worthy of a five star review, which I happen to think that he probably is.
0: And if you um, don't, so, you're a
1: hater. and if you don't, you're a hater. Absolutely. Uh, so, we would really appreciate it if you would, uh, if you would be able to do that. Uh, But once again, thank you all for being here with us today. We really appreciate your time. We'll be sure to keep you posted on all of these uh, rumors surrounding the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, We'll talk about some relievers on the show tomorrow. I know that's something we didn't quite get to today. Uh, But until then, thanks again for hopping on with us today. We really appreciate it. Um, And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you show interest in Xander Bogarts.